Hi, everyone. This is Joe Kirkner with the Be Kind Podcast. And just a reminder, our podcast can be found on Spotify, Google, Apple, and Podbean. And we are part of the Animal Advocates of South Central PA's mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures. And today I have the honor of being joined by John Beck and Anna. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. So I think everyone hopefully knows who John and I are by this point. But Anna, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Hi, I'm Anna DiCosmo. I admin and created the Central PA Legends group on Facebook. I also do pop-up events around area restaurants through South Central PA Vegan Drinks. And I'm the main organizer for York Vegan Restaurant Week and co-organizer of Lancaster Vegan Restaurant Week. So you're kind of being a little modest here. I mean, (laughs) I consider you almost like a vegan Yoda (laughs) in the sense that you have been vegan for a very long time and you have a lot of knowledge about uh, how to be vegan and i it's it's incredible what you do and it's your your outreach is awesome because of what you do and we should should yeah i've been vegan for 17 years now i can't wait till my 18th vegan anniversary then i'll be legal (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've been vegan since way before it was cool so it is neat to have that knowledge of before things were so accessible as they are now and try to sort of help talk new vegans down from why don't we have this or that it's like well back in my day (laughs) (laughs) right yeah we just kind of scraped by it's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the main things you do is organize things with restaurants obviously and in terms of 17 years ago versus today can you describe the differences between the two in terms of the offerings and what you could do from a advocacy perspective or a vegan perspective 17 years ago versus what you're doing today um in this region there weren't nearly as many options that long ago. I actually went to Baltimore a lot for things, which is how I got the inspiration to bring vegan drinks here was I went to a few Baltimore vegan drinks events and got inspired by what they were doing because they, at that time anyway, could guarantee a huge crowd at restaurants and that ended up having like a huge influence on increasing vegan options in and around Baltimore. And I, I wanted that where I live so I didn't have to leave town so often to go eat a good meal somewhere. And we've been lucky in New York because we've had, you know, a small handful of restaurants that had good vegan options for a very long time. But it's hard to see this stuff on social media that they have in Philly and D.C. and Baltimore and not say, hey, I want that. I want that closer to home. So that's what gave me the idea. I didn't feel like we had enough venues in just York. I think I'm the first person that tried to do a vegan drinks in three cities at once. I rotate monthly between York, Harrisburg, and Lancaster because I thought between the three regions, we have to have enough restaurants to do a monthly pop-up restaurant event. And and what's really amazing, one of the nice side effects that have happened from what you've done with these events is a lot of the menus have changed places that never really had vegan stuff before, like they kept those vegan options or started adding things. And Yeah, like the, the not-so-secret vegan menu at Viet Thai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're doing more than just, you know, uh, outreach with people. You're actually like reaching with the restaurants and communicating with them. And I, it's, I think that's really amazing what you're doing. 
Yeah, I try to pick places, at least do a few places a year that don't really have a vegan menu or have a lot of vegan options. But if they're open to it, I sort of help them with the planning and I can consult on what specials they might run, you know, kind of give them as much or as little help as they need. Could you walk um, us through what those conversations look like a little bit when you approach a restaurant? Where is that? I usually approach by email most often, mm-hmm. especially since I'm a lot of times reaching out to places that are at a physical distance from where I live and, you know, don't know me. So I, I email them from the official SCPA vegan drinks email address. And I try to keep it very business-like, like present it like this is how it could benefit you. You could, you know, reach a new audience. I'll be... I'll help out with the marketing. That's my main responsibility is getting the word out to vegetarians and vegans, you know, guaranteeing a successful event that they don't have a lot of leftover food, that people actually show up and have a good time. And you do this for free, right? This is just your little side project? Yes. So, yeah, that's double bonus for them. But it's sort of my way of giving back to the vegan community of making it easier for people to make new vegans, having the options out there. And I said just a little side project, but I don't want to belittle or demean what you're doing. What you're doing is probably one of the more effective ways of advocacy out there time and time again when we've talked to people on this podcast. One of the main reasons they say they went vegan is because there's all this great food out there nowadays. So by you going out there making it more mainstream and accessible, you're really doing a lot to make sure that people both become vegan and stay vegan. So thank you. Yeah, you're you're, you're kind of like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> No, seriously, though, I mean, you you help so many people that would never even think to go to these places. And, and I'm constantly inviting, you know, not pre-vegans, non-vegans to my events. Right. Then they get to see how the other half lives and they get to answer that eternal question. What do vegans eat anyway? And you also do a lot of work on social media with the South Central PA. I know how to say this now. Vegans group. I always, in my mind, never know how to say it when I read it. (laughs) I don't know if there is a right way because it's not an actual word. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no really right or wrong way to pronounce it, I don't think. It's just the asterisk was always just about openness. That like whether you're vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian on your way to one of those things it's a place for everyone because i don't think i mean there's always going to be more vegans i think because we're more socially ostracized because so many social events center around food and what you eat or don't eat so i think we end up needing that support a little more and and that group's been around for what over 10 years now right i think nine years oh is it nine years it's coming up on a decade and that's that's amazing and and I know it's growing constantly and, you know, just what was it a, like a year or so ago? It was only like a couple hundred people and now there's like tons. Yeah, I think we've been around a thousand for a while, but now we're like going on 1400. It's wow. crazy because we started with like, like what, like 12 people. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's basically you and John at the beginning just talking to each other. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about the challenges or joys of managing a group like that vegans are typically very volatile bunch by the nature of our lifestyle and i imagine trying to manage all that within a social media group consisting of 1400 people can be quite a challenge at times it is a little bit like herding cats (laughs) just because people's reasons for going vegan 
can like vary so much. And we're all coming from completely different backgrounds as far as religion, politics, pretty much everything else other than that we're trying to reduce or eliminate animal products from our diet. So sometimes it is hard to find that common ground. Uh, We've had to, as the group has grown, it's gotten harder just because there's more people and of course more variation. But we just kind of stick to the rules of play nice or don't. And yeah, just kind of be accepting. and, And we've tried to limit conversations from a couple of things like no religion or or political references because those are just things that not everyone is going to ever agree on so you're also the um organizer for vegan restaurant week which that started two years ago yeah the york vegan restaurant week Mm -hmm. was an idea that veg fest harvest veg fest planning committee came up with Mm -hmm. that i was on and um just because of the work I've been doing with restaurants, it's kind of a natural choice to make it happen. I think you only had six or seven weeks to make that first one happen. That's pretty, <laughs> that's a tight schedule to get all that organized. So thank you for doing that. It had to be nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, but I think it went well. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. So the fact that something cool happened was, was awesome. Yeah. What are some of the restaurants you've talked to, both for Vegan Restaurant Week or just in general, that have really surprised you with how on board they've been with the whole vegan train? I'm In my mind, I'm thinking you go to a barbecue place or a crab shack and talk to them, and then you have a great conversation. All of a sudden, there's seitan ribs on there or something like that. Have you had any real shocking conversations with people? I would say Roost is probably one of my favorite success stories, and that certainly wasn't just because of me at all, but I was just a small part of supporting them into having vegan options. And now they have a whole vegan menu and just their concept. They're like the last place you would think they're a a breakfast, brunch, lunch place, but very um, animal product oriented, very, a very sort of rich, almost Southern inspired kind of menu there. But now they have a bunch of those options for vegans, and that's super cool. Used to be called Baron Von Schwein, I believe. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the but they tweaked their concept since then, though, too. Yeah, but and the stuff they have that's vegan is phenomenal. I've before the pandemic happened, I used to go there like every couple days for a I while. I still there. need to get back there. I, need I to know try that, that cauliflower po'boy yes oh so good like all their food was phenomenal that i've had i I, you know you're being modest again but you did have a huge part in that whether you believe that or not (laughs) well i've just i play the long game i am exceedingly patient yeah and like i said i just kind of don't have super high expectations as far as like when things will happen of course we all want it now right yeah i i get the places that don't say yes right away i don't take the first no to mean never right it just means not at this time yeah but yeah a little coaxing and i've had a lot of things go my way yeah another restaurant that i think you were great success with was hamir's in york because we had him on the show before and he actually name dropped you so sorry that's yes i I heard that that made me happy (laughs) there's actually been a couple of guests we had on that have brought you up because you're so amazing (laughs) (laughs) well i think they're amazing too (laughs) And Hamir specifically brought up the vegan nights at Hamir's, which is another great example of if a restaurant's willing and has the capacity and has the ability to go forward and 
embrace the vegan lifestyle, it can be a great benefit to them. Can you talk a little bit more about Vegan Night at Hamir's? Yeah, um, we started off doing it monthly and then attendance kind of dropped off, but he's still committed to doing one every three months. Although, of course, COVID-19 put a little wrench in just about everything like that. But we're doing one this week. We're having another vegan night and probably plan another one in three months. Awesome. But I sort of just um, co-market vegan night, make sure the word gets out to the right people. And you work in several different communities, both Harrisburg, Lancaster, and York. What would you say is the big difference between the three areas in terms of their willingness to embrace veganism? When I first started, I think it, it took a little more convincing because they just didn't see a lot of people asking for vegan options coming into their restaurant. So it's part of what I do is to make that need real to people. But I think they're seeing it more. There's just more of us now in, across the region. So that has made my job easier. You know, just so starting that conversation. They, they know that we're real now. Have you found that maybe York is a little behind the eight ball to Lancaster or Harrisburg's in the lead or the middle or which area is the most vegan, for lack of a better term? I think that the dining scene in Lancaster in general is a little bit bigger. It has a little bit more happening. York's is, is very up and coming and there are a lot of different things going on. Harrisburg is a little bit behind, I would say, which it's there's no reason that it should be anymore. So that's why I've wanted to kind of focus on Harrisburg because they need me more, I think, at this point than, than Lancaster or York. When I hear about your work, one of the things that really strikes me is you literally just go up to the restaurants and start talking with them. There's no secret sauce. There's no, like, you don't have the Rolodex or their personal cell phone number or have any huge, major, ridiculous connections. You just go up and start the conversation what advice would you give to someone who maybe has a favorite restaurant but doesn't have great vegan options and they want to get that conversation started make friends influence people um you have to just um be nice and give them a reason to want to help you yeah you don't want to just start going in and be like where's the vegan food <laughs> yeah, i think sometimes people don't mean to but they come off a little yeah. demanding yeah. and you kind of just have to be the opposite of that yeah and, and, and be gratitude. Leading with gratitude for me has just worked like magic. Be, just being, being grateful in advance even of them doing anything. Yeah. Be hangry, but don't be angry with them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole vegan food industry really speaks to the whole um, vote with your dollars almost where if you put your money towards these vegan things at restaurants whether or vegan shopping in general vegan businesses vegan clothing and cosmetics that really does go a long way to making the lifestyle more sustainable and mainstream and i know i it personally don't do a great job of it in terms of going out and actually buying really nice vegan food but i have been making more of an effort because like i said through these conversations time and time again people say I'm vegan because the food, someone showed me this vegan food and it was really great. So I said, why not? So that's why I'm very happy that you're out there making sure that this food's available for everyone. Yeah, we always need more people to come out. So I invite you to come out. So you actually, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but you actually have a unique story of how you became vegan. Would you mind talking about that? I actually went vegetarian when I was 16, basically because of farm kids at my lunch table. They sort of brought that sadness with them because they would be raising these animals from babyhood. And then 
selling them off for somebody else to make them into lunch. (laughs) They asked me what made me different at the lunch table. And I said, I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals. And they said, well, look at what you're eating. And more often than not, I had peanut butter and jelly, but it still was something that I started to think about because I started on, you know, the standard American diet like everyone else. But then once I started thinking about it, I couldn't stop. So I knew right then I had to be vegetarian for life. I had had this sort of pain in my my wrists and knuckles of my hands that I later found out was rheumatoid arthritis as it started to spread to every joint in my body. And then when I finally went to a doctor about it when I was about 20, uh, they just wanted to prescribe me prescription strength uh, anti-inflammatories like naproxen. And I knew if I had to take that every day for the rest of my life to feel kind of okay, that that was just going to not be good for me in the long run. So I wanted to look for something that I could do to reduce that inflammation without medication. And I found a random comment on a message board that said, I have RA and it went away when I went vegan and that he knew within three days. And I was like, that sounds crazy. Amazing. I have to try this. I was already halfway there, not eating meat. All I had to do was figure out how to give up eggs and dairy, which at the time I was a self-proclaimed dairy addict, cheese addict, full blown. But I did a meal plan for two weeks and it was probably a week later that I started because I wanted to not have anything in the house. I wanted to use it all up and then stock up on the vegan things. And literally the third morning I woke up, usually in the morning, it was the worst. I would wake up feeling like I was 75 years old at 20 mm-hmm. and 21. Yeah, stiff and achy, all of that. The third morning when I woke up after going totally plant-based, I, it was an amazing difference, even just that third day. So yeah, from that day forward, I was like, two-week plan, be gone. And this is, this is my life. Because I've, I've not had to be on medications and I've since been tested by a rheumatologist and it's now undetectable in my blood work. That's amazing. It's funny how the message board said three days and yours was three days too. Yeah. yeah I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I think both those examples just go to show that everyone's just planting seeds and you never know which seed's going to sprout into a full-blown lifestyle change. And I also think it's incredibly interesting that farmers were the individuals who led you to become a vegetarian. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you wouldn't have thought, but absolutely. This is a question I'm just curious about. As you are a foodie, if you don't mind me um, saying that, I'm I'm assuming I'm correct in saying that you're a foodie. I'm a total foodie. (laughs) So if you had to pick three restaurants in this area to go to for the rest of your life, which would they be? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You only have three. Everyone else is gone from the world after you pick these three. (laughs) Well, I think one would be Frey in Lemoyne, just because I've never had anything bad there. But gosh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't live without burritos. So probably tied between Mex Tali and Raw Burritos and Fiat Thai and Hamir's. That's technically four, but I'll let you have it. (laughs) I know. I'm a foodie. I told you I can't. I can't just pick three. <laughs> <laughs> so what things do you have looking forward? Uh, you already mentioned Vegan Night and Mirrors this week, but I know everything's so up in the air in these next few months, but have you had any plans in the long term? Well, I just postponed the Lancaster event to, it was supposed to be on June 30th, which was postponed from, I think, March. And I postponed that to August. And what was, what was that event? At 551 West. 
in Lancaster. Hopefully we can go forward with that because they have a nice sky bar that they just built and I haven't been out to see it. So they have like some, some neat outdoor areas if we need to do something outdoors. Do they know what they were thinking about having on the menu? Yeah, they had the whole menu planned out and everything. We were like about to about to do it. Yeah. It's, it's on the event. It's huge. <laughs> what were what were some of the highlighted uh vegan things? Um big ziti, vegan stroganoff, chili, nice. couscous, Ooh. beans and rice. I love couscous. But I was really excited about these um fried zucchini spears and fried pickle chips. I like beans and rice. I probably eat that every single day. <laughs> it's the blank canvas on which to paint your meal. Well, they always have that at 551 West, so you'd probably just move right in. Nice. <laughs> I don't eat extravagant vegan food. Like I said, it's one of my shortcomings as a vegan advocate. But if someone came up to you and said, I can't go vegan because I don't like the food, what is the one dish you would make them eat to convince them otherwise? Gosh, there's so many. I'm just asking you all my foodie questions. <laughs> just taking notes. I mean, I would, I would probably just customize that to the person. Just find out sort of like what, what kind of food that they like, and either do like, you know, something like lasagna or a pasta dish or something that's sort of familiar and comforting but easy to make vegan and delicious. Well, let's use pre-vegan Joe as an example. Pre-vegan Joe ate lots of steak and buffalo wings and ice cream and. That was really about it. What would you have him eat? <laughs> I'd probably do some kind of vegan wings, like the um, either make seitan and a banging sauce or do the cauliflower wing thing. My brother makes me, every time he sees me, he makes me vegan cauliflower wings. Mm. And now what I start doing is I get the lightning sauce that they sell at Wise Sauce in Penn Market, which is almost like a spicy ranch. And then I use that. And life ain't bad when I'm eating those, I gotta say. What's the one thing that's getting you most excited about the vegan movement nowadays? Um, I think just how big it's getting, that things are, brands are going national or ending up at more and more national chains. Everyone's seeing beyond and impossible everywhere. And I think once you have good options everywhere, then people just run out of excuses. Yeah, I mean, it's really picked up quite a bit in the past few years. It's become a household name, like veganism and all the stuff that's coming out. Like I'm starting to see commercials for almond milk now. That's crazy. <laughs> We're coming up on half an hour and I'm going to ask a question. It's kind of tough for the very end, so I apologize in advance. But what's your reaction to potentially unethical companies or companies that go very much against your values that have some type of vegan option or promote mm -hmm. veganism in some way? So let's say... Uh, Baron von Schwein 2 comes along the line. Some place that glorifies meat, has pigs dressed up and smiling everywhere as advertising means for their dead pig flesh. And, but they also have a really, really great impossible sausage roll or something like that. How do you approach situations like that where there's one good thing, yes, but it's just a small part of the overall picture that goes against your values? I think we, like you said earlier, have to support what we want to see, even if it's a place that, like you said, the majority of their options are non-vegan, do you want them to be able to say, well, this vegan option, we've had it for three months and it doesn't sell? Like, I think if we don't support these options everywhere, you know, to the extent that we can, that we're, we're giving them an excuse to not go down that road. Yeah, if you think about the alternative of what you just said, the alternative would be just ignoring them entirely 
and then they'll be unethical and terrible and also have no vegan options. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, John, that's all I got. Do you have any questions? No, I can't think of anything else. Anna, is there anything else you would like to add before we head out? Um, just that I am beginning York Vegan Restaurant Week planning. Uh, because of the whole COVID crisis, have to be kind of flexible on it. So look for those dates to be announced for the end of August, beginning of September. It's my first time planning it unattached to Harvest Veg Fest, which is not able to happen this year. But I'm really excited to start talking to restaurants about York Vegan Restaurant Week. Awesome. I'll put links to all the restaurants you mentioned in the show notes and also links to all your Facebook pages there. So when you want to catch up on everything we talked about, just check out the show notes and you'll find it all right there. Well, thank you for coming on, Anna. You were awesome. And thank you for everything you do. You really are an inspiration to a lot of people and to restaurants even. So we we love you for that. So (laughs) thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Like we keep saying, there's a way of advocacy for everyone, and you're doing great work out there, so thank you. And if you would like to be a guest on the podcast listener, just send us an email over at beconpodcast at gmail.com or contact the Animal Advocates of South Central PA. 